Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. totally different person <laughs> it looks nice yeah it, like it looks great but it's just i was like something drastic has changed <laughs> no not super drastic we're gonna have to redo all the art on the website <laughs> i uh i'm working on growing it back out again and i was like well it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to dye it blue especially while it's really short plus i knew we were going to hawaii and i didn't want to have to like not let my hair get in the ocean uh... <laughs> so i was like I need to be able to like fully submerge in water if necessary. And turns out totally was necessary. So I'm glad <laughs> glad it worked out that way. But I do have my next uh, haircut appointment set for just before Gen Con. <laughs> nice. So it's going to be a pixie grow out summer and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> there's like little bits. It looks like you brought like that you were changed by the ocean because there's just like little bits of sea foam oh, green Rev, in your hair. I was changed by the ocean. <laughs> Forever changed. Forever changed. Uh, yeah, that would be the bleached parts of my hair that <laughs> the blue has faded from. <laughs> Blue's a hard color to maintain. Props to you for keeping it up. Yeah, I mean, mine mine usually is like surprisingly good. Like every time I go in to get my hair cut, my stylist is always like, your hair is still so vibrant. Or people are like, oh, did you just get it done? And it's like, no, it's been two months. My hair holds on to blue fantastically. It has been months since I've had it dyed, though. <laughs> wow. I'm, I miss it. I'm ba- I'm. I'm very excited to get back to being uh, me, though. This is a little bit closer to the original art for the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where I had mostly brown hair on the sides and then just some blue on the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I'll get I'll get there again. And then you'll all get blue hair. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we need to continuously update the website so it accurately reflects the state of Megan's hair. Well, it's yeah. like a hair watch so we can just log <laughs> in and l- listeners can know how blue Megan's hair is right now. We need to get like um, 
we need to commission the artist to get like you know on a character creator like you're just kind of swapping through what yes. hairstyle like nice. for those of us who routinely change our look yeah just have like swappable things and then revs will never change yeah. revs will be beard or no beard <laughs> Rev, yeah, which, <laughs> which i actually have the last artist that we had done who did the like little me coming out of the manhole cover yeah saw so many photos like i didn't know if you had a beard or not so here's both <laughs> <laughs> and then jake and tass both are just different tank tops yes <laughs> mine i need i need a hair swapper too and tass does too but i feel like it's basically just recently cut or not recently that cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i cut my hair pretty drastically since us commissioning all that art so yeah, I, I could use much. one yeah I always hate, like, it was like, oh, look, we've had some good banter. Now I have to transition into information. <laughs> anyway, time for company business. There's, yeah, there's never a good transition. Oh, here we go. Man, <laughs> oh, you guys, that was so much fun information. Oh, speaking of information. <laughs> hey! I, I, prefer, nice. I prefer the hard cut to being like, okay, joke's over. All right. <laughs> business time. This isn't time. funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen up, nerds. Uh, yeah, well, speaking of nerds, uh, you're all here. As of right now... Probably actually at the time that we're recording this, if not a couple of hours ago, the Gen Con calendar is releasing or released. <gasps> uh, Yay! Uh, so all of our stuff is in there. We are doing the same thing we did last year. We're doing four sessions of Monster of the Week, one every day uh, with six Game Masters. So we've got 30 seats each time. Uh, Mike, our community manager, is going to run again so that we've got six tables rolling. We also are going to have a live show again on Saturday, but you will RSVP for that through us, uh, through the website, just like you have the last couple of years. But it will be at the IRT again on that Saturday. Uh, we'll get you more specific information on that as soon as we get uh, it set up so you can, you know, RSVP to it. So be on the lookout for those spots at Gen Con if you want to play some Monster of the Week or if you got some folks you want to introduce to Monster of the Week. Uh, and uh, be on the lookout, well, the listen out, the lookout, well, both. The ear out. The ear out. Yeah. Oh, that was the worst one. No, I'm no, sorry. I like it. I like it. Eye uh, out. Ear and eye out. Oh, no, no. It face sounds like out. I've had a terrible accident. I got keep an your ear face out. out. I got an, <laughs> keep your face out. Um, keep your face out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you will hear about it on the intro as well as if you are uh, signed up for the newsletter, you will also hear about it there as well. Uh, we've also had some people talk in the Discord about uh, worrying about not getting one of those seats. Um, and so it was mentioned in the Discord as well. But if you just get generic tickets, definitely always show up with generic tickets and just see if there were no shows because sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Um, and it's very likely that we'll be able to get you in if we can. So. Yeah. People snag up those tickets and then they get exhausted as the day goes on and they just don't show up. I think last year, I think we only had one game that everybody actually showed up for. Um, so we've we've always got a couple of seats that open up yeah. last second. But yeah, and despite that, we were still full, I think, pretty much every one of them because of people who showed up with generic tickets to keep an eye out. So yeah. it yeah. tends to pay off for somebody. Yeah. And we even had some instances where someone showed up. It was like we had 30 and someone who was like, oh, I, I came all the way from Wisconsin. I'm just here today. It's like, no, I'll, I'll take a table of six. So yeah. 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 Show all, up, all the, the way like. from Wisconsin. Yeah. And then all there was somebody the else there. But they wrote a wheel of cheese here. So that's what <laughs> it was. And so I put them into my table in exchange for their, <laughs> their wheel of cheese. They have to walk home, they but I think it was worth it. <laughs> uh, friends, you know what this means since the Gen Con event calendar is out? We what? need to find a time where we can LARP again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. shoot. Uh, we've talked about training up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta start our workout regimen. Yeah, I can I can put on a workshop. Like we need I can, a montage now. We need to stack the team. Is what we need to do. Yeah, 
We need to get because oh, we had no. one open spot. I'm gonna get cut from the team. I won't cut you. No, but we need to find one more like ringer to bring in for that last slot on the team. So we're now accepting video submissions. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars kid esque in your garage with a broomstick. <laughs> last year, like we weren't at the level where we could have a shield, and I think this year we are. Oh my god, that was an option. I didn't even know that. Like that was that's a level up option is shield. But you oh, couldn't start with it. Hell yes. Um, and because I wanted to do shield and spell, and I think that's what I'm gonna do this next year. Nice. I'm definitely doing a sword this year. <laughs> I didn't have any weapons last year, and I made it work, but it was scary. You, you, but you were arguably the MVP of the team. Yeah. With yeah. All I, of the things you stole <laughs> literally I, out from steal, under them. I did okay, upending the pillowcase full of treasure onto the table was very satisfying. And I believe that they were like, You've you've got enough treasure to level up or something like that like we did good we even took stuff from the people running it like she emptied their pockets as well <laughs> we took to the treasure a lot of the props a lot of the set decoration <laughs> a few um, cell phones it was great. Yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna multi-class this year <laughs> if we play this again we need to protect jake at all costs oh my because <laughs> yeah. if he gets mind controlled by the enemy again and then turns into our final boss we're not gonna stand a chance and i'm so mad that the person running that knew my twist for the end of coin like it's just I don't know what <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> here's the thing though I've been taking Jake's class for like two years so yeah. this will just be the student <laughs> takes over the teacher yeah. as the prophecy foretold she's been taking my class which is heavily magic focused so <laughs> I think it'll pay off <laughs> Uh, well, also, the thing that you can find uh, through our website and through the mailing list is that we are celebrating our fifth anniversary this month. Ooh. And because of that, we are having a sale on our website. Uh, we have 10% off all of our shirts, 15% off if you buy two or more. And we have brought out some of our past Patreon shirts for public sale. So Ooh. if you have seen some of those shirts, uh, the Wave and See, the IPT's season schedule, you can find all of those at thecritshowpodcast.com and those will be available for this month and I believe this month only until they kind of go back into the vault. I am wearing the Wave and See tank top right now and it's one of the softest things I own. Get one. So you have defeated Dr. White and. The Gilded Death, as you have all made your way out, uh, you realize that your theory was correct. Since Dr. White was destroyed, all of the undead in Plankton just fell to the ground and are completely unmoving. So we'll jump ahead a little. What's the plan? Who have you collected? What's going on now that the city is calm? I think I probably would have borrowed a dagger from someone and swam down underneath those ships to mar the runes now that we know where they are. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you mine. We should make sure that Cotton is okay and figure out like what exactly happened to him if he knows anything new. So yeah, I think then we'll put you all back in Purple District where they had set up some comfy areas for you all with Siobhan. Um, do you have her and her little council with you all as well or are you just having an individual conversation with Cotton? I wouldn't see a reason not to have everybody. Yeah, it seems like we're all on the same team, so, yeah. You're all together. He was a little bruised and battered, um, like a broken rib and pretty banged up, um, so he's been bandaged up. They've gotten all of the people that were held prisoner 
back to safety as well. And he's there to answer whatever you like. We had a bit of an incident with our ship. (laughs) I realize that this place is made of uh, ships and stuff, but you said a lot of them aren't functional. We're going to have to move out at some point, and I don't know if it's best to try to repair what we've got or if there's something we can borrow for a while. Or Hey, Dad, can we borrow the car? (laughs) Cotton's uh, nodding along and, and smirking a little at your explanation. Yes. Oddly enough, your ship is not in a horrible state. We still could get it out to the water and fix it. It might take two weeks or so using bits of the other ships to recreate what you'd had. Though there are some of the ships on the outer edges, those that kept the city spinning that we could detach. It would take less than a week for us to fill those in to be seaworthy if you'd rather take that route. Aren't we going to need our ship so that when we go home, it's our vehicle? that does all the special shit? Yeah, I mean, I can always call it to us again. I just didn't know if it was going to be seaworthy right now. I mean, we could get something that works right now just to be on our way and then come pick up the one we need when we're ready to go home. We don't have to come pick it up. True, but we also need to know that it's fixed so we don't call it and it's (laughs) halfway repaired, full of holes, and it sinks right in front of us. (laughs) Filled with carpenters. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that time is of the essence here for everybody involved but a lot of us are not doing so hot i i think we could use a week or two to recover tass in the painting of malia you said that there's the moon is in the background right yes and is it a full moon it is how far are we from the next full moon i i would ask somebody here like when's the next full moon gonna come around i think siobhan perks up at that why well because it seems like the big threat at the next place is going to be the moon child who, I'll gesture to the painting, is probably a vampire that we know. Oh, oh my my goodness. It's obvious that in her haste to help her people that she had not seen this painting that you'd brought yet. And uh, she walks over and like kneels down next to it. Where did you find this? Uh, Dr. White had it hidden away. Shit. Do you know her? Yes. Yes, she was on our crew for a time. The younger sister of... Ori, I think I mentioned him. Jake and Ori were killed at the same time. She stayed along with us. She is a unique creature, to be sure. Was she the moon child when you knew her? Yes. What does that mean? Well, during a full moon, she changes. She becomes this beast, a bat-like thing. She's hardly herself in that state. We had to take great pains to make sure she was contained, but she was working on it, getting control of it. She was getting much, much better. The last few full moons, we didn't even have to restrain her. She was still a little wild, but we could see her behind the ice. Tass, in the vision that I had of the other Kim in the moments before she probably died, the creature that Dorva was sacrificing us to, does that track as far as that could be Malia? Or is this a different thing? It certainly could. Like, you know you've destroyed two circles and seen all that there was to be seen there as far as some strengthened creature of power. Then something must have happened to her because what killed the other me and a bunch of soldiers couldn't have just been like one transformed bat girl. Siobhan is instantly shaking her head. No, that that could track. You, you saw a vision of people dying. She was strong. Very, very strong. If someone was unprepared to deal with it, aye, she she could take them out. But she was in control. Like I said, she wasn't Someone that would just murder for no reason. I'm not sure here 
even though she's a bat, that she's a vampire. Death gave me the next name on the list and said that it was an unnatural creature that Nash brought here, and it was the first vampire. So maybe she's been turned, but I don't think that her becoming a bat is indicative of her being a vampire. I, I, I don't even know that word. You said she was unique. Is that not common in this place to be able to transform like that? Oh, there are magics. And she glances over at Cotton and back to you all. Certainly there are magics. Stories of things that people can do that are beyond what most can accomplish. But no, she is a prize to be certain. Matter of fact, this answers a lot. We thought maybe she was tired of us. She disappeared. We thought she'd jumped another ship and moved on, or maybe even been taken, but I wouldn't have guessed that as strong as she is. Even without changing, she was quite the little swordsman. I hold up the painting. Did this belong to her, to you, or was this something that White had done? I don't know. I don't understand exactly what it is you're all doing. And uh, Cotton cuts her off. I'd seen that painting before, but not understood what it was, but I think I know now. I think your Nash brought this painting to give White a target to discover. If he knew who to find, he could deliver whatever is in that last circle, the one that I know not, the one who I do not know who controls it, the last of his council on this side. This was their way to find the beast that is powering their magic circle. Ori, he told me some stories about when he first started to tap into his vampire powers, how it made him kind of scared of them, like the need to feed and stuff would take over. If Malia is acting unusual and is always strong and bloodthirsty, maybe she did get turned. Like maybe, yeah, I gotta find the first vampire, but why would you bring one here unless you're using them to create more? Yeah, maybe she was already a lycanthrope of some kind, and now she's just also a vampire. And maybe that's why she seems to have regressed in terms of control. Yeah. You must also face the possibility that if it is her that they're using, that they've done, that whatever they have done to her is permanent. If I track back to when you arrived, if you had that vision then, that was not a full moon. Landara, who exactly is your target? Her name's Pepper Anson. She's from your world. Does that name sound familiar? Or, well, I guess, I don't know that she's from your world, but she's not from this one. Doesn't sound familiar to me. Does uh, I'm just looking around at the room, like to Jake as well. I mean, even Kim. Like, is this a name that we could have heard in the future? I never met her, but that name sounds familiar. I think Strom mentioned her once. She was in my timeline, like middle management in New Canterbury, uh, like a a lieutenant of Mercury. Oh, so someone who could follow orders, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know her personally, but yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got. So she got stationed out here. I mean, if we're in Kim's past, I guess maybe that's how she got that promotion or whatever. Maybe this doing this job got her that that gig. Oh, maybe. Well, it isn't a name I know either, though Nash, the few times I experienced him in person, always had a small entourage. There are a couple of those with him that could have been a lieutenant he left behind, and at least one that was from our world, though he seemed more like a god to Nash than anyone in my station that would have been on his council. Well, all of this was just to say, should we wait one week, two weeks, avoid a full moon, look for a full moon, but it seems like that's not really a necessary consideration then, if whatever she can do is not dependent on the full moon. Yeah. 
having us all in fighting shape again and having our ship probably would be the best idea as much as I hate to hang out here for two weeks. Can we look at the coordinates for where that Whistler's Cove moved to? You found that in the captain's quarters, right, Jake? Uh, Yeah, I'll pull out that map. Let's see how long that journey itself is going to take because that's really the next known point, right? Cotton looks over it. Oh, yes, that would maintain the triangle around the father. Hmm. This is near Shoreman Islands. It's about two weeks from here. Oof. Hey, this place is a geographical oddity. Two weeks from <laughs> everywhere. I mean, I guess we don't know what's going to happen over there in that two weeks. Dorva was asking for more food for the moon child. Presumably that's more people, but we have now iced Dr. White, so there's nobody to send the more food. It seems like... I- I don't know. I don't know how long they'd wait before they took matters into their own hands if we need to move sooner so that people stop dying or if we can afford to wait two weeks because they're hoping for a shipment that's never going to come. My God, is that what was being asked of Dr. White to send food? Yeah, according to these letters, and I'll hand them over as well. I'm just just the keeper of the documents. I'm just (laughs) doling them out to everybody. Our secretary. What if we smuggled ourselves in as food? That would be pretty good if we took a ship from... Plankton. Yeah. It would be something they'd be on the lookout for, right? If they thought Dr. White was sending it. We get food and supplies to last us for that two weeks. We heal up as we travel and get delivered as food. Uh, Unless there were skeleton station there. I don't know how far Dr. White's reach with this skeleton power went, but if there was anything over there he was controlling, I think they'd know that he was dead. And I I look at uh, Cotton and Siobhan. Has there been any indication of how far this ability can last, can stretch out? On my way back, I was accosted by several ships. I think they were searching for me specifically. That was more than a day away at least from the city, so I would say pretty damn far. I'm not even sure if distance was a factor as far as how his magic worked. How was he controlling them? I wish I knew. I will be spending quite a lot of time down there figuring it out myself. I mean, even if they had some skeletal guards over there, I wonder if they knew, like, how or why they worked. I mean, we gotta go either way. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, are we going as a, like, Trojan horse in a dummy ship, or are we going with the IPT crews? If it's gonna take two weeks to fix the ship, it's gonna take two weeks to get there. We can sail anything there save ourselves a little bit of time, call the ship once we're there, because we know it'll be fixed by then. Yeah, really, it's just a matter of three weeks versus four. If three weeks is the minimum amount of time before anyone's going to show up there, is that too much time to raise alarm bells? Does it matter if there's an extra week? Let's give it three. We can call our own ship to us if we need to, but we should move as quickly as possible. So let's just get something serviceable. Let's get underway. Okay. We've burned our way through a couple of these people with a circle, we still haven't learned anything about what's going on with Tass. Like, there's something over here that we gotta stop before we head back to fix him. And I think I look at Siobhan. You know, we didn't really have time to go into this. And I will re-explain to her, like, you know, this portal opened, something came through. It seemed to kind of freeze him to see if that sparks anything for her. Oh, I mean, that certainly sounds like some sort of magic from here. If something came through that you couldn't see. Cotton, what theories do you have? I've been thinking on this, and the only thing that I could possibly imagine if it is something that originated from our world is a magic similar to my own, but I would not know where to start on finding something else. 
magic similar to your own, like the gift of prophecy? Ha, huh, no. Well, that is a part of it, certainly. He um, raises a hand and pulls off a glove, and you all see that there is a mouth on his palm with very sharp teeth. Gross. Yeah. The fuck is that? Yes, it is quite unsettling. I apologize, but I use what is called a demon here, though I'm sure in your world a being like this might be considered something else. It is a, a being from a realm near ours in a similar way that you all come from another realm. We make pacts with them and have a mutually beneficial relationship. I think we still just call that demons in our world. Ah, well, fair. Nash had several odd terms for some that he worked with. Wait, that might just be it. There are a group of people here. We call them the Shoremen. Many of them live very near where you will be going. They are uh, warlike people, very noble. One of them traveled with Nash, keeping him safe, and I could see the telltale shimmer of what might be a demon that he uses, something common with the Shoreman. But your Nash kept calling him Viking, a word I do not know. It was odd, though, because this Viking, as he called him, his demon seemed dormant, asleep somehow, which is very odd. They are always here to serve a purpose, to do something specific. Now that I think about it, if its purpose was to use this Viking as a vessel, that very well might be what is affecting your Tass. You mean the power went through and is affecting Tass? Like it's holding on to Tass and that's why it's not active here? Very possibly, yes. Oh. So does the Shoreman have to call it back? Or do we have to fight that person? How do we, how do we fix this? How do we save Tass? A deal can be broken in several ways if either party breaks whatever their arrangement is. That would sever the connection. Or if you destroyed the demon's pure vessel, which would be this one that was called Viking. Can you communicate with that thing in your hand? Oh, yes. Does it think that's possible? Could it send its consciousness to another place and affect someone? He's the one that suggested that might be the case. That might make sense then why I got the sense that if we just tried to sever it, it would kill him. That it wouldn't kill him, but it would leave a demon in him. Tass. You hear all around you the sound of Grandpa Tincher relaying this message to you that things for you are very slow compared to how time is passing for them. And there's something that came through the portal and it's in here with you. They can't find it outside in the lair. And as this message repeats and repeats, you notice that it starts speeding up and each cycle it gets a little faster until it becomes unintelligible again okay i think i'm slowly just turning looking over my shoulder now a little paranoid about what could be in my mind with me and i think i'm just working through this okay so they hit all the frequencies it's speeding up again they're probably trying to just scroll through to whatever my mind speed is until they found it they hit it now it's still cycling up maybe whatever message received thanks guys um shit do I have a gauge of now knowing that the, uh, you know, everything is like slowed down slash sped up in this weird way that like earlier when I was thinking about trying to move and not able to move, do I think that maybe I'm doing it, but it's so slow that I haven't perceived it? 
No, I don't think so. It seems like you are somehow disconnected from your physical body because for you, inside things are slower, but outside things are much, much faster. And so it would be hard to gauge like, oh, is my consciousness inside the body moving the body super slow or would the body be moving like normal speed? Right. Oh, God, yeah. And so to you, it would just look like flailing limbs. Or... <laughs> yeah, okay, that that tracks. Um, I'm already confused, so that, yeah, <laughs> that translates well. But I will say with that in mind, the thing that you do recall is that when you first started to hear this message, it was very fast and it got fast again. Like it didn't continue to get slower as if they were trying to continue to find oh. your frequency, it sped back up. Interesting. Okay. When you turn around to like see if anything is in here with you, what are you expecting to see? God, I hate these questions now. <laughs> I've grown to hate these questions. Like, I don't know. I, I've watched a lot of horror movies growing up, like literally six years old watching Freddy Krueger movies. I'm always ready for like that whatever the thing is behind the cracked door staring at me. You know, that thing that you can't see, but you know it's there. So when you turn around, what you see is the house that belongs to Lindsay and Neil, surrounded by all the forest, and off in the woods, peeking around the tree, you can see... <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you, you can see... If you say Shia LaBeouf, I swear no. to God. <laughs> no, Get no, out no. here, Shia. <laughs> earlier, earlier Halloween, you see Oscar Mayer Voorhees. Grimby? Grimby, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just peeking around the tree. But the whole scene is not moving. Oh, what the fuck? Grimby, buddy? He starts to move, and he walks over towards you. Hey, are we chill? We're chill, right? Hey, buddy. Hey, friend. Friendo. Grimby. Hey. It's good to see you again here. I thought maybe you were the thing in here stalking me, trying to murder me, unless you're a construct of the thing that is here trying to kill me, in which case we're not cool. Oh, God. Grimby? Okay, it sounds like we're cool. Good. Good deal. Hey, hey, pal. And as you are going through this, he physically not mimics you, but kind of reflects the energy that you're putting off. Okay. I think as I notice that, I'm nodding and like, okay, this is this is just, I'm just straight up talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. I'm putting this out here and I'm talking to myself. This is what it looks like when I'm doing it normally. This is what's happening in my brain. And he's nodding along. Grimby. And he touches where his nose should be. <laughs> wow, I might be a psychopath, but that's fine. I think you have to be to do this job. So that's, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. We're okay with that, right? Grimby. Cool. Yeah. Good enough for me. Have you seen something rolling around here that isn't what it's usually like when I'm talking to myself when we're doing this? So this is an odd question because you're right. You're essentially talking to yourself. Yeah. Really more so you're kind of dealing with your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind might be aware of some things that you, the conscious mind, are not. Yeah, like I'm 100% trying to like level down inception myself here with my subconscious for sure. Like trying to tap into that and talk to it. Why don't you roll investigate a mystery? Uh, 11. All right, you get a hold too. You can also use the phenomenon questions. Well, I'm going to start out with the old tried and true and see where this takes me. 
What's being concealed here? The thing that's being concealed here is that you haven't thought about this night with Grimby in a long time, and there's some sense of that, like the level of familiarity with this moment is kind of foggy. It's a little dusty. And you have this realization that there are other memories that you don't feel like you've thought of in a long time, but they don't feel as distant or as unclear, almost like you've been thinking about them subconsciously, that some part of your brain has been accessing these memories more recently than you're aware of. Oh. Boy, I know the very specific question I want to ask, but I don't have this move as an advanced. Um, I guess the closest thing to what I'm hoping to get is what was it going to do? Like that idea of if these things are popping up, I'm, I'm hoping to find if there's a common thread. Like why, like what are these memories that are being dusted off and like what do they have to do with each other that I need to worry about, I guess. Yeah, so as you have this thought, Grimby perks up a bit and he points at the door that leads into the house. Um, and I think that this is a, a question that's hard to answer because you haven't exactly accessed those memories yet. Sure. But it seems like Grimby is telling you to go someplace else. Okay. So yeah, what it was going to do is nothing here. So you need to go somewhere else. I'm going to give Grimby a hug and walk towards the door. What are you thinking about as you walk through this door? I'm trying to like focus on what might be one of those recently accessed memories. Okay. Yeah, you pass through the door and your ears are filled with the sound of wind. Your face is pelted by snow and you are looking down at your feet just trudging along. Does this feel like the snow around the North Pole? It does. Damn. Okay. Um, I'm going to look up and around and see, like, am I near the North Pole, like the actual little town, or am I further out? You look around you, and you can see the remains of some dead vampires, and you quickly realize that this was when you were lost in the snow while Jake and TJ were dealing with death. And I think to kind of answer your question, like, I think you're going to kind of get this answer in pieces— Everything feels so slow. Like, you know that you are not out here more than 15 minutes making your way out, checking the perimeter, going back. But it felt like days. This walk back felt endless. Okay, yeah. I think I just yell into the wind. All right, you trash bag. You're trying to bring this shit up? Let's do it. Let's see what you got. And um, I'm going to start walking back towards the village. How long do you think that you walk for? A long time, a very long time, because I think then there was an urgency. You know, there's that urgency of I'm not there, I'm not helping, so this seems like it's going to take a long time. And now that I know what happened, what I missed, it seems almost eternal. Mm. Like I can always see that glow ahead, but I can't quite crest the hill to see the place how long do you think it takes for you to have your mind start wandering to something else? It certainly takes a while. And I think that's like when I finally shift my thought is like more of a theory than a realization. I don't know for sure, obviously, but like I feel like I get this thought of, um, okay, message received. This is the lesson. This is what 
this thing is trying to do to me. It's trying to unnerve me. It's trying to feed on my insecurity, my anxiety. And so then the shift might be, oh God, what else am I nervous about? Like what other thing do I feel like I couldn't reach or attain or finish? Based off of what you've experienced so far, when you've thought of a moment, you've moved to it. And I think you do flash to a couple other spots in your life. But in doing so, you realize that they're all the moments that you're thinking of, that that you call up when you have this sensation of like, oh, what else was I afraid of? And you leap to a thing. And as soon as you see it and you realize that there's nothing unusual, like you leap to another and another and you just keep moving kind of stuck in this loop of jumping through memories. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm trying too hard. I'm trying too hard. Oh God. I need to, I need to slow down. I'm focusing on what I always focus on unfinished business, but this thing is either looking for something or trying to elicit something from me. And if it's staying docile, well, it's working because I'm just looping myself. Okay. Huh. I think I want to shift gears here because going through that door after having that thought took me straight to the moment where I couldn't be there for TJ. That's a big one. You know, that's top of my list of regret and anxiety. And so I want to take a step back and go, okay, whatever this was wasn't there per se, or if it was, it was just watching what I was doing. So where else is it? Not what am I surface level worrying about, but what is it trying to dig up, maybe, and try to, like, scroll through things that I may not have thought of or that, um, you know, might hit particularly either rough or in a way that this thing can use? As you have this kind of calming of your thoughts and refocusing and thinking back to Grimby and, and knowing that this travel is in your control and, you know, the subconscious mind that kind of pointed you in a starting direction that door appears in the snow again. Oh, well, if this ain't some Stephen King shit. All right. I always said if a door popped up, I'd walk right through it. Let's do this. You step through the door and you get this sense of claustrophobia. There's the smell of junk food and stale soda. You're pretty heavily reclined in the passenger seat of a van. And you're sitting down the road from the Halifax just around the corner. And... It's almost the exact opposite of what you just experienced. Time is going so fast. You feel like every time you blink, there's blood coming out of your nose, and Jake and TJ look a little more worried. Oh, I, I'm just, I think, laughing now. All right. Okay, motherfucker. You're trying to do this to me. This is where I live, son. This level of terror of about to die, that's just where I sit. If this is what you're going to try to throw at me, you're going to have to work a lot fucking harder than this. To which I assume the other two are perplexed. <laughs> yeah, because again, like as you break out of this memory, they both kind of stop and go somewhat docile and then start to mimic the energy you're putting off. I don't know why. I think this is subconscious in my subconscious, but I'm like, fuck yeah, they're on the team too. Yeah, let's get riled up. <laughs> let's get this guy. And then they both just look at you blankly and shrug. Darn, I'm back to square one. Okay. Well, high fives. High fives. They high your five. Nice. Nice, guys. In this memory, I want to shift back a little bit and I want to try something. I'm going to go, okay, so they're on the team. Let's 
let's see what happens here. And I want to kind of shift my demeanor back to, you know, coughing and, and that is overtaking me and like get back into the flow of that timeline and just drive full speed to the graveyard where I know I'm about to explode. So you put your focus down and speed everything up. You very quickly go through this night and day, night and day, night and day, finally getting out of the car, going around the corner, seeing who you think is the Verkalakis, finding that it's the cleaner from the Halifax, letting her go, going back to the IPT, going up on the roof, getting inspired, going downstairs and seeing the obituary over Jake's shoulder, all of you heading to the graveyard, the conversation with Dr. White, the explosion. The explosion happens, and as it fades away, there's the smell of junk food and stale soda. You're leaning back fairly hard in a recliner inside of a van. Boy, howdy, I'm nothing if not circular as far as my logic, so this makes sense. Disappointing, me. Hey, me, you, you're kind of an asshole. And as you're doing that me, you, me, you thing, Jake and TJ are both like pointing at themselves, then at you, then themselves, <laughs> then at you. Oh, God. God! All right, well, I don't want to do that again. Where are you, you son of a bitch? If I think back about this cycle that I've just gone through, is there a sense of other? Is there a sense of, like, something watching this? Is there a sense of nothing? Like, Yeah, I don't think there's a role here. You don't get the feeling that you're being observed. Like, that would be a, tricky to figure out in your own mind anyway. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. Nothing seems out of place. Just like when you were in the snow. Like, it just seems like this memory has been active recently and almost running on a loop in the background. Damn, okay. So, I feel like I've had two very different vibes here, right? So, one that felt like this eternal moment that, that was slow, wouldn't stop. And then this one that was more like that, a little closer to my usual dream logic of like things speeding up and, and not being able to control that, you mm -hmm. know, especially before a, an obviously bad moment. Yeah. So like, I know I can think of memories of like the vein I'm trying to find here, just, just, you know, on my own, just random things that have happened to me, but I'm still trying to like focus on those ones that have been dusted off. You know, these things that have been cycling without me realizing it mm -hmm. with the theory of either finding this thing or understanding what it's doing. With that in mind, is there any memory like that where I can like meet in the middle of the two that I've just had? Something that's a little, I don't want to say necessarily calmer. Yes. So as you have this thought, that door appears outside of Jeffinetti's van. Oh, well, I'll be damned. Okay. Let's see where you go. You walk through the door and... Your senses are filled with a slight chill, the smell of dirt and decay, old stale air, and it's dark. And you realize that it's dark because you have your eyes closed. And as you open your eyes, you see your body positioned. You are sitting on the ground with your legs crossed. And in front of you is an old stone monolith and a very thin stream. An orb of golden energy shoots out of the mausoleum towards you, and as it hits you, you begin to float in the air. And you recognize this as the moment when the chosen energy chose you as opposed to it being given to you. And everything slows as soon as that energy hits you. 
there is a peace, a calmness. Everything slows down, but it's not anxiety-driven. It is not fear-driven. It's just a slowness because you are at peace, at ease in this moment. Okay, this is... But this was this was nice. We we won this fight. There was a dog. I got the golden energy. What is this thing looking for? Are you are you like vibe checking me, bro? What is this? And I'm just letting that moment soak in because it was nice. It was one of the few incredibly reassuring moments that I was at least on some sort of correct path that's happened recently. Man, I've got I've got three very different memories with very different vibes. Is there anything I can like connect dots with with these? Like anything that shifts into view as like being similar between them? Yeah, you know, I'd said before that you were going to kind of get your answer in pieces and and the thing that you were looking for was those threads of connectivity. So I don't think you need to roll again for this one cuz I, I I still kind of giving you the answer to the one that you asked before. Mm, okay. I think the thing that you realize is that these memories are either very fast or very slow or frozen. And whether they're good or bad doesn't seem to matter. You've got this idea in your head that whatever this thing is, is lashing on to the negative ones to try to do something to you to impact you. That might just be where your brain goes first when you think of memories. Yep. And... You realize that that's the key, though. Good or bad, it's about moments, memories, where things are going very fast, or things are going very slow, or things are frozen. None of your memories that have been dusted off are normal uh, in the sense of the way that you move through them. What you're experiencing is tachyphagia, which is when things slow down or speed up in the way that we remember a memory because of the adrenaline that was going through us, whether it was good or bad memory. And I think that clicks with what you experienced when you heard the tape playing. Whatever this thing is, it's somehow feeding off of you mentally stretching out, slowing down, speeding up moments, and affecting the way time is passing for you in your own mind. Okay. Okay. Then I think I very purposefully shift my memory here to a night that felt like it was forever, but one of my favorite memories ever. And this is more just for myself right now. This is me trying to like pump myself up because I've got this little taste of what this thing is doing. So I think suddenly I am in this old worn down part of Indianapolis and it's nighttime. And Margaret's next to me. And this is my very, very first official hunt with IPT after my training. And she's saying to me something to the effect of, don't forget the very first lesson. The best way to hunt is to know what the thing feeds on. And I'm thinking about that with a big grin. All right, you trash bag. I know the flavor of what you're looking for. It's time to fucking hunt.
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to season two of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Kelvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Thank you.